the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. We will also be going to John chapter 20. Luke 24, John 20. I was attempted to just drop my mic and be done after that little video. Because I don't think I can add anything to it at all. But I will try to. I hid my notes this morning so Don couldn't get to them. Hey, good morning and, and welcome to Happy Empty Tune Day. If you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand. Um, we will be doing a little bit of reading, but if you need a Bible, raise your hand. If not, get your phone out, open up your version, and get to Luke chapter 24, Luke 24, or Blue Letter Bible. So. The intro is, is, as you guys know, is how we got here this morning is Jesus has gone to the cross. Good Friday service just a couple days ago. Don did a great job just to, again explaining the purpose behind that. The fact again that we know that Jesus went to the cross, that he died on the cross. There's, there's no debate about that. The fact is that it was even more brutal than that, that Jesus gave up his life even before it was customary at the time that they would break the legs to kind of speed up the process. Don went through it very graphically, but very nicely as far as how that happened. They, 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 they nail the legs together. They nail the arms up here. And you basically, you die of suffocation. You, you just, you literally cannot pull yourself up anymore. And, and Jesus, at the point of, after all the whipping, the carrying the cross, he, he's just at a point where he just, he, he dies on the cross. He gives it up. Hard to imagine that, you know, the Son of God would be willing to come down here, strip himself of all the rights that he has. To be willing to, to, to live a life among sinners and to live it perfectly. And, and the goal was that he, that he had to live it perfectly. Jesus had to do that. He had to be the perfect sacrifice. He couldn't just be a good man. You'll hear a lot of the, even Muslims will say, well, Jesus was a prophet. He was, he was a good man. No, he wasn't. He was, a, he was, a, he was a, he was a great God. Jesus lived a perfect life. He was more than just a good man, a me or a you or, or whoever. I mean, that, that wasn't good enough. Might be good enough for somebody else's God, but for us, we needed somebody that was perfect, that was clean, that was being willing to go up on a cross and to give his life that we might have life. That's a special man. That's a special God. And I'm not trying to, to, to revamp all of the, the sadness from Good Friday because it's, again, as Don said too, that it's not really a good day. I mean, it's good for us because of the results and, and the gift that we receive from it. But just the hardship and the sadness. I don't know if you've seen The Passion by Mel Gibson and just the, the one, there's lots of them, but the one thing that just grabs me every time I see it is just when Jesus dies and then there's just one drop, it comes from heaven and it's like a tear from Tear from God. 
And why is that important? Because I couldn't imagine my sons being there. I joke around in the men's group that, you know, I love them a lot, but if somebody came in and my sons were there, man, they're on their own. The men's group is on their own, man. I'm, I'm guarding my kids. You know, you guys are, you guys are on your own. I, I love you, but I, I'm not Jesus. I'm not, I'm not God. You know, I'm protecting my family. And for God to look at his son and just be willing to turn his back on him. I just couldn't imagine that. But God, again, just in his abundance of love towards us, for some reason, I don't know why. He looks at Jesus and he's willing to allow him to go to the cross for us. Well, here we are three days later and and the, and the women are coming to the tomb and we start off in verse 1. It says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they... And certain other women with him came to the tomb, bringing the spices that they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And we stop right there. And if you go back in, in Matthew, I think it is, and you don't have to do it right now, but we find out that there's a there's a great earthquake that happens. There's an angel that comes down, and he's actually the one that, that, that moves the stone, and there's Roman guards that are there. The Roman guards, are, they tremble. You know, can you imagine? Roman guards are like the, the they, they have fought every battle. I mean, there's nothing that the Romans have not conquered. There's nobody that they've ever faced again that they have been nervous about. And for them to sit there, these these hard, just, just elite, um, just battle-tested soldiers are sitting there and they're, they're that scared that they're trembling. And then they just fall like dead men. Because see, no, nobody would walk up to that tomb and move that stone. One, these women couldn't do it. It's too heavy. But see, there's this, this wax seal, and some of it's in your Bible as far as the explanation. There's a wax seal that the Romans would put on there and say, look, if you remove this stone with our seal on here, you're dead. You, you don't touch that. You see, it wasn't a democracy. It wasn't some choice that you get to make or not. No, if you remove that, we, we have the authority to, you're not going to touch that stone. And then on top of that, we've placed these hardened soldiers around it. So these, these men come down and this angel comes down and then just these men fall out. And as these ladies walk up, Mary and Mary and, and the ladies, they're, see, they're, they're ringing these spices to be able to preserve the body. See, what's, it's traditional at the time is that they would do is they would put the body in there, they would wrap it with these spices and, and kind of preserve it and keep it there. And then what they would do traditionally is in a couple years, after it's decomposed and all, they would then take the bones and they would put it in a box. That's, that's how they would do at the time. And so they would sit there and they're, they're coming to do the, the job that, they're, that they want to take care of their Savior, their Jesus, their teacher. Why? Because it's just an act of love again. So they show up to the, the tomb and they're sitting here and they, then they went in and, and, and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. They walk in. First they see this. They're, they're scared. Well, what's happened? Did they come and steal him? And it happened as they were as they were greatly perplexed about this. And behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you? And when he was still in Galilee, say, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day to rise again. And they remembered his words. See, again, too many times we sit here as Christians and we, we want to go back to the tomb. We want to go back to the tomb. But see, Jesus is not there. Too many times we as Christians, we treat Jesus as, as that he's in this tomb, that he's, that he's not able to do it. We've confined him to this tomb. 
guys, listen, why do you look for the living among the dead? The the reason that we're here this morning, the reason that we sing wonderful songs, the reason that we're happy, the reason that we get dressed up. You guys have all commented about that I'm dressed up, so it's kind of funny. But so the reason we get dressed up is because he's alive. See, Jesus is alive. He's risen. And that is the amazing thing. It's that he's alive, that he's he's out there, he's 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 conquered death. And why did he conquer death? It, well, he he had a right, he had a job to do, and it was for us. So these angels look at him and say, "Well, why are you here looking for him? Did you not hear what he said? Were you not listening to him? For three years you walked among Jesus, and he continued to talk about this. The temple will will come down, but three days later it will rise again." Get your eyes off the building, guys. I'm not talking about that temple. I'm talking about this temple. Jesus says, look at me. And too many times, just like us, we get too confounded and we get lost within the message and we get lost within the words and we try to make it something more than what it is. And Jesus said, look, it's me. I'm the temple. Yes, they're going to do this to me, but I'm telling you right now, three days later, I'll rise again. So they come here and they look for him and he said, don't, these two men say, don't, don't, did you listen to him? He's risen. Go, go do what you're supposed to do. And then they returned from the tomb and, and told all these things to the eleven and to, to told them the, the eleven all of the, of the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the other women and with them. And they told these things to the apostles and their words seemed to be to them like idle tales and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb and stopping, stopped, stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying by them, by themselves and departed, marveling to themselves at what had happened. And, and I, I look at this and I, they, they come back to the apostles, the eleven, and they start telling the stories. And as typical men, and I'll crack on men here, typical men, we listen to them and we're like, ah, I don't believe it. You know, you don't, you guys don't know what you're talking. Why? Because I'm, I'm spiritual. See, I actually, I, I was one of the guys that actually hung with Jesus. And see, if I, if, if that actually happened, see, I would know that. Why? Because I was one of the 11. I don't know if you knew that or not. See, you guys got to hang out at the fireplace. But there were some certain times in Transfiguration, things like that, where I actually know Jesus. You don't know Jesus. <laughs> you know, and as I was looking at this, I was reminded, remember of a time when we were at the other church. Many moons ago at this point, I won't say how many years because you'll understand when I talk about it. We were at this other church for a long time, St. Simon the Tanner. We were renting from them and we'd been there for evidently four or five years. And Dan McAllister was there and we're trying to figure out how long have we been at this church? And so Dan's like, Don and I are like, oh, we, what, a couple years, two, maybe three years. Dan's like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, I think we've been here about five, six years. And we're like, what five six years what are you and so we're we're berating dan and we love dan okay we're just berating him like you don't even know what you're talking so like the next 20 30 minutes we're just making fun of dan oh what have we been here tonight you know three four or five hours you know and we just got there i mean we're just giving dan just the worst time why because we're like what do you know five six years come on come out we looked at something we're like oh my gosh we've been here like five six years are you kidding me like we just looked at Dan, we're like, I'm so sorry. And Dan was about as humble, or it didn't care. He's just like, ah, it's fine, no big deal. You know, you just, you know, Dan. So you're like, he's like, ah, I don't care about it. You know, I felt terrible. I really did. You know, and I think what happens here is Peter is listening to what she says. All the guys are giving her a hard time, and he says, mm, I think something's up here. 
I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to what Jesus was saying, and, and I'm going to go check this. Well, now it's the rest of the story. We're going to move over to John chapter 20. Only a couple people got that joke there, the rest of the story. <laughs> and all the older people laugh. <laughs> John chapter 20. Starting in verse 1, it says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, and I'm repeating just a little bit to get us back up to context. Again, they didn't write these together. So, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And then she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. And we all know that that's John. He's speaking of himself here, giving himself props as well. And said to them, They have taken away our Lord out of the tomb. What do we do now? Where, 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 they have, where have they laid him? Peter, therefore, went out. And the other disciple, talking about himself, John, were going to the tomb. So they ran together, and, and, to, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. Now, as we see here, he's talking about himself here, and he's, he's, he's humble enough to not mention his name, John, but then he's also prideful enough to say, hey, I still outran Peter to get to the tomb. Okay, so that's the story of where we're at now. We've caught up to the point where we were in the other one in Luke. Now we've moved into John here, and what happens is they realize what's happened. So it wasn't just Peter. Luke mentioned Peter, but it was also Peter and John. So Peter takes off and Peter's probably older than John. So, okay, John was the youngest. So John, it'd be like Jonathan and I or Josh and I, I, I head out and I'm running down to Solar Zondo's Pizza. Okay, well, I'm telling you right now, I can probably run further than them, but they are definitely going to get there faster than me because they're just younger. Okay, and so <laughs> you guys on all the older people laugh again. So, but it's a point of they're just younger. So John's just younger and he gets out and he takes off. But as you'll see here in a second, there's a little bit of of, of hesitancy as he gets to the tomb. It says they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down, looking inside, saw the linen clothing lying there. Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, being the brazen man that he was, following him, went right into the tomb and saw that the linen clothes were lying there. And the handkerchief, the covering that had been on... On it, bound up on his head, not lying in the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. And then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also and saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that they must that he must rise again from the dead. And then the disciples went away again in their own homes. And so, kind of the couple things that struck out to me in in this message, and again, I didn't have. Lots of time to, to prepare, but the Lord is always good in what he does. The, the two things that stuck out to me, one was, is that they ran. And, and I think to, this morning for us is, the, one, one of the things I want to talk about is, is do we still run to Jesus? Where, where are you at in your walk in your life? Do you still run to Jesus? Or, or do you sit there and you... You kind of meander towards it. Do you kind of just walk away from it because you're confused by the empty tomb? You're confused by something else. You're confused by what we were talking about within this video. There's so many things that go on in our life, whether it be our marriage, whether it be our kids, whether it be our finances, whether it be just the world that we live in. And too many times we sit there and we just kind of don't know what to do with it. I want to recommend to you guys that you sit there and that you run to Jesus. Because see, the, the only thing that cures anything is, again, like it said, it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the love that you need to be able to give to your wife when you don't feel like it that day. 
Jesus is the grace that you need to be able to parent correctly and to, to be able to take in things at times and be able to correct when you need to correct and, and kind of let them fall like a, a bird trying to learn how to fly. Jesus is the one who provi- provides for you when you say, man, one and one isn't going to equal two this month. I, I don't know how we're going to make it this month. Jesus is the one. Uh, to my sadness last night, I don't know why I got enthralled with this and I shouldn't have been, but Christine walked out. I was on the back patio watching something. She's like, oh, y- you're going to study? You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's 930. You're going to, you're going to study? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I'll be in, in a second. I was just, I got on some stupid video and it was some pastor, I'll say, and he's not a pastor. He, he was a, he was a thief. And he's in this church and he's, he's telling people that, you know, he's, you need to give today. And you need to give. And I, and I had a prophetic thing this morning that, you know, you need to give in sevens, but there's two people in here this morning that, that, or last night, not this morning, don't. <laughs> I don't want to be struck down by lightning, okay? This guy deserved to be struck down. Two people tonight that are supposed to give $707. You know? And so he just, I, I'm telling you, I watched it for about 20 minutes to my shame. And, um, that was, I don't, so I don't know if it was just a tithing time, but 20 minutes is a long time for a tithing time, isn't it? You know, uh, if you need to, we got a credit card machine up here. You can come right up. Just write it on the, the, oh, we're out of envelopes. Yeah, go in my office. They're in the, my, on my desk. And I'm, I'm now, and I'm quoting him. We laugh, but that's the seriousness of what it is. And a sacrifice, evidently, is not something that you are able to just give, which I agree with. But you know, you have to really give. You know, so even in sacrifices, even if it's meant for something else, that you're giving it to God tonight. Really? That's what it is? That, that's sad, is it not? And, and the problem is we laugh on it on the outside, but there are people that are being confused because, see, I believe that a sacrifice is, is not giving out of your abundance. I agree with that. But if it's designated for something else, maybe that is your mortgage. Maybe that is your rent payment. And see, the goodness and wonderfulness of God is he will provide my needs. It's my responsibility to do with him without, outside of that as well. And I'm not trying to get sidetracked on it. I have now sidetracked on something. But the point is, is that you, you need to be able to trust and run to Jesus to be able to be the one that provides those things. We're, we're a church here that, that we op- obviously we don't pass around a bucket. We're, we're obviously not driving crazy things and we're not doing that. Why? Because we just trust in Jesus. If God wants this church to be here, it will be here. You will do your responsibility. God will provide what he's supposed to do. And we will go ahead and move forward. The same thing within your life as you continue to, to walk this walk and you go through struggles and, and Christian, you will go through struggles. It's guaranteed. It's promised in the Bible. We will go through struggles. The struggles are not to be able to, to make you cower and to move away. The struggle is that you will run to that tomb. You will run to Jesus. You will run to the, and realize that he is risen, that he has conquered all these things. And that I can then trust in him and I can put my faith in him, put my chips there and go, Jesus, whatever it is that you want, I trust in you. Why? Not because of uh, because somebody told me to or I was guilted into something, but because I've seen you on a cross and I've seen an empty tomb and know that you are alive and that you're working within my life. Amen? Amen? That's what it's about. Are we running to Jesus? The second thing that I see here is as we move into 8 and 9, it says, and then the other disciple, talking about John, came in who, who came to the tomb first, went in also and saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must be rise again from the dead. And, and so, again, why is the resurrection important? 
Why is the resurrection important for us? A couple notes here. The resurrection means that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Romans 1.4. Hebrews 7.25. The resurrection means that Jesus has a continuing ministry. He is, also, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he never lives to make intercession for them. So he ever lives to make intercession for them. He has a continuing ministry. See, the beautiful thing about God is, is just, it's amazing to me is that once we get saved, God doesn't just turn around and walk away. I, I don't understand that as well. I, I don't understand salvation. Again, we, we should just worship God and we should honor God. Why? Because he made us. It should not be, I honor God and I worship God because of a hope of salvation. No, that's just, that's just icing on the cake. We're, we're living. He is, he's breathed life into each person in here this morning. That is gift enough. Out of his abundance of grace, he's decided to find a way that we would be able to spend eternity in heaven with him through Jesus Christ. But regardless, we should still worship him. But then because of the wonderfulness of who God is, he has a continuing ministry to be able to look at us and go, I want to walk with you every day and help you through these trials. I want to be that God. I want to walk with you. I'm going to give you a Holy Spirit inside of you and, to, and just to guide you and to, to move you and to walk you through everything that you go through in life. That's how wonderful that he is. It's not the fact that he just created us. It's not just the fact that he has found salvation for us and created it. Then find it, he made it. And then the fact that he says continues to walk with us every single day. Is that not amazing? All that because of a resurrected Jesus. He goes away since the Holy Spirit and boom, here we are. This morning, we're able to worship and be just thrilled that we have an empty tomb and resurrection. The resurrection means also that Christianity and its God are unique and completely different and unique among all the, all the, all the other world religions. See, if you want to, you can go worship Buddha. You know, there's bones somewhere of Buddha. You know, I mean, if you want to do that, you can do that. And, and by the way, he never said to worship him. But you want to, you can go ahead and do that. The Dalai Lama, all these different things. Do you want to go do all that stuff? You can. But what's different is they don't have an empty tomb. There's, there's no empty tomb for them. So you can, you can go search all the different tombs in Jerusalem. You're not going to find one with Jesus inside of it. You might see one that he once was inside of it. You're not going to find one with his bones in there. It's just not going to happen. Why? Because that's the difference between us. God came down in the form of Jesus. And then when he resurrected, there's, there's nothing there. He's gone. Why? Because he's at the right hand of the Father right now. That's the difference between us and everybody else. And again, that's why this is bigger. I know we love Christmas. I know we love... This is the day for us. We don't have an empty tomb. We don't have a faith, people. That's just the facts of life. It just doesn't work that way. We don't have an empty tomb. Then we're just everybody else. The The resurrection proves that though it looked like Jesus died on the cross as a common criminal... He actually died as a sinless man out of love and self-sacrifice to bear the guilt of our sin. The death of Jesus on the cross was the payment, but the resurrection was the receipt, showing that the payment was was perfect in the sight of God the Father. See, the, the payment was made, and then the receipt that we have that it was good was that Jesus is gone. The resurrection that looks at it that you can see if it was that and, and maybe Jesus had, oops, he had done something along the way. There was a sin somewhere that we didn't know about. Somebody didn't record it here. Oh my goodness, the body's still there. Well, then he wasn't a perfect sacrifice. 
But the receipt that we have in our hand is that there's an empty tomb. And that's what makes us different from everybody else. Jesus paid the price. Jesus rose three days later. And here we are on resurrection day because he is risen. This morning, we probably have a few different things that are going on. We might have some people in here this morning that that didn't know it was Easter was really about Jesus. I was going to play the VeggieTales song, and I was listening to it last night. I don't know if you heard, Christina's uh, The Bunny. You know the bunny song? Anybody remember that? The bunny, the bunny, oh, uh, okay, never mind. So anyways, I should have played it. So I was expecting a little more interaction on that one, but <laughs> evidently I've got too old and too young. I need some more people in the middle. So um, it was about, you guys. maybe some of you guys thought it was about the money. Well, it's about chocolate and little eggs and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But and maybe that's you this morning. That's fine. That's 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 not a problem. We're, we're, we're glad that you're here and that you're actually able to hear the difference and find out really what Easter is about. I'll be honest with you. At one point in my life, I really didn't know. I really thought that it was about bunnies and it was just Easter and you got a basket and you got a bunch of chocolate and we always got pajamas on Easter. I don't know why. That was our thing in our house. And we got we got pajamas on Easter time and a bunch of chocolate and, and all that kind of stuff. And and if that's you this morning, I'm not making fun of you. That was me, okay? And then that's fine. Hopefully this morning you know that there's a difference now though. You understand that what Good Friday was three days ago and now you understand that the, the 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 difference in Easter now is that you understand it is it more of it's, it should be called Resurrection Day is for us because see that's the difference is that's really what Easter is about. Another one is that some of us still treat Jesus like he's still in the tomb. You know, some of us in here this morning, I think we we still kind of we we haven't freed Jesus, we haven't you know released him. You know, Clash of the Titans, you know, it's release the Kraken. Some of us in this room need to, to release Jesus and allow him to do the greatness that he wants to do in each of our lives individually. And each of us in this room have different needs. Some of us, you know, maybe are higher on the spiritual totem pole, if you want to call it. Some of us maybe are just starting. Some of us maybe we're here and we've slipped down or or, or whatever that you are on that totem pole. Let me remind you guys that the, the ground is level at the cross. Okay, it doesn't matter where you think you are on that that totem pole. That's just your image. The ground is level at the cross and we all need to come humbly before it and bow down on our knees and get before Jesus and be humble and say, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Because that's the payment. That's that's what he did it for is not just so that people would come and then worship him later on. That's not he he died and then rose again so that we would come to him and be willing to sit there and go, Lord Jesus, I, I can't do this anymore. I lay my sins at the cross and, and, and Lord, I ask you to forgive me of those. And if you do that today, you would be a new creation in Christ. You would have salvation. Not again because you made some prayer along the way, but because you genuinely went before the Father, recognized that I'm a sinner, recognized that I needed Jesus' blood to wash those sins away, and then I would be forgiven. That's how it's done. It's not just a simple prayer, but it's a fact that you have to openly and willingly give your heart to Christ and ask for forgiveness. Some of us are still looking for him among the dead, but he's alive. But hopefully all of us this morning are running now to the tomb. And hopefully all of us are running there and, and, and trying to find out, Jesus, really, is he, is he alive? 
And I, and I tell you this morning that Jesus is alive. I tell you this morning he conquered death and that he's ro- risen again. And he did that for us. He did that for me. He did that for you. He did that because he's obedient to his God in heaven. And so this morning, I want to ask you guys, where are you at on Resurrection Day? Maybe there's some in here this morning that, that need to be resurrected. Maybe there's some in here this morning that maybe have fallen away. Maybe maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe this morning is, is the day. Today is the day of salvation. It says it. Today, this morning, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to come forward. You might say, well, Kevin, that's a little weird. I've been going to church for a while and 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 I don't want people to look at me weird. They're not going to. I, I promise you. I promise you, if you come forward this morning, I, I, I you will receive not one of those things. You'll receive a lot of hugs. Nobody gossiping behind your back. We'll be thrilled. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you've fallen away. Maybe you have been a Christian. Maybe you are a Christian, but you're like, man, my life's just not measuring up. I've just done some stuff and I'm, I've kind of moved away from where I'm supposed to be at and, and I kind of know it and, and you kind of know it, Lord. And, and maybe that's you this morning as well. I'm going to ask you to come forward as well. And I'm going to, and it's not a point of that you have to come forward because that's the only way that you can save. It's just the fact that, you know, it says in the Bible, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my father. But if you come forward, you acknowledge me, man, it's party time. Jesus says, I, I want to acknowledge you. I, I didn't die on the cross that I would turn my back from you. I died on the cross to give you life. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you now, and if we could, bow your heads, if you would, and let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity this morning to, to teach on Resurrection Day. Lord, I pray for anybody in this room right now, Lord, that Maybe, Lord, there's there's a spiritual battle going on. Maybe there's something that's going on in their heart and they realize they're just not right with you. God, maybe they just, they've, they've fallen away. They thought it was the Easter Bunny. Lord, maybe they've known it hasn't been the Easter Bunny and they've just been in a battle with you for years. Lord, I pray that this, this morning would be the day of salvation for them. What better day than to, to recognize your empty tomb, Lord, than with a new birth in Christ. We ask all of this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.